Hello and welcome. In this episode, you will you will discover how to increase your profits right away. Simple marketing strategies you can use now without spending more money on marketing and advertising. How to overcome a struggle or two within your business. My guest uh, today is Steve Feld, and we're talking about simple marketing secrets. Surprise, surprise. Welcome, Steve. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Great to have you. Let me do the proper introduction for Steve, and we're going to dive into a very interesting conversation about simple marketing secrets on the Simple Marketing Show, which is going to be very interesting, I guess. So biz coach Steve Feld is a certified business coach, author, podcast host, professional speaker, mastermind facilitator, and coffee enthusiast. He is passionate about having small business owners and entrepreneurs achieve massive revenue and profitability growth by utilizing simple proven strategies and tactics to build a long-term sustainable business. Steve takes the overwhelm out of business. He has owned and operated seven lucrative businesses while providing change management and process improvement for other businesses. Has operated within three Fortune 500 companies, written eight books about business for entrepreneurs, and overall, he is just an awesome guy that I've known for a few years. Welcome, Steve. Uh, thanks. <laughs> How is your day so far, my friend? Busy. I love it. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. What keeps you busy these days? A lot of talking to prospects, potential clients, business yeah. owners. So I'm in many different also groups as well, full of business owners, and I just love helping them and seeing them all survive and thrive. Love it. So let's dive into it. Oh, well, before we dive into it, where are you located? I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. And what's it like out there? Is it summer right now? Uh, well, it's freezing right now for us. <laughs> it's, Is it? It's probably that's like our summer up here in Canada. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 55 Fahrenheit for us today, which is way below our normal at this time of year. Let me just do a quick check, check and see. You said 55? Yes. That's like spring for us. Exactly. That is yeah. your spring. Look, but look. Us, it's health freezing. So. Oh, I know. Like it's been it's been around zero this January up in Calgary, and it feels like spring for us. <laughs> <laughs> like zero freezing uh, temperature. And You're so, not getting uh, all the snow. What's that? You're not getting all the snow. Uh, we're getting some snow, but not not as much as um, you, you not as much as what we usually get in uh, January. So, Steve, what is your story? Let's see. Well, we kind of hit a few things. Own and operate seven businesses, and I turned around three others, and then participate in three Fortune 500 companies. I just found on my very first business where my passion lied, and that was working with owner operators of businesses because seeing the failure rate of small business owners just kills me. I mean, it really just bothers me. So that's where my passion lies is, you know, let's help these business owners realize their goals and dreams. Uh -huh. And I've been teaching a workshop called ABCs of starting a business for seven years. And I do it one to three times a month and I volunteer to do it. And the reason is it's like, I want people to be successful in business because Small business owners actually make up 97% of all the businesses in the world. 
So without them, the world economy would come to a halt. And people think of the big names, that's a small sliver of the of all the businesses. So one business might employ, you know, 100,000 people, but that one business needs probably 10,000 small businesses to get their supplies, their materials, and everything else. Absolutely. So the small businesses are feeding the big ones, and people have to realize that. So, And you're giving back to your community, and I love seeing people really realize their dreams and not having it turned into a nightmare. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know you touched on it already a little bit. So what do you do these days and who do you serve? I serve owner operators, primarily service-based businesses. It's almost in every industry. I used to have a niche in an industry. A lot of my one-on-one -on -one clients are CPAs currently. I just don't know how I, I speak their lingo, I guess. And I've been starting a new mastermind group starting in February. So we're filling that up. And I just did a workshop today, early today, before I went to go see a, a prospect on strategic marketing, because a lot of business owners, small business owners, they don't have any plans for the whole year. And I, I know if you have a plan and you execute your plan, you have a higher chance of success. It's just funny how this works. Yeah. If you know what you're doing and what you're going for, That's you're it. a lot more likely to um, achieve it. Like it's, it's impossible. And I've been saying this for a long time. It's impossible to get something if you don't know what it is. Like, that's it. What do you want? I don't know what I want. How are you going to get something if you don't know what it is? Yeah, and I hear from small business owners all the time. Well, I want to make a million dollars. Why? I don't know. It sounded cool. Yeah. Well, let's get some thought into this. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see what you actually you want. <laughs> yeah. You actually, do you really want this? Are you, are you going to put up all the work and hours and the uh oh, everything you need to put in to get it exactly. a lot of people yeah oh my friend said it's cool yeah. you know i saw a, a, an ad from grant cardone he said it's easy so i thought i would do it too yeah. <laughs> i bought his book so i should be making a million dollars here in five weeks right right i'm on a 10x in five years yeah five exactly weeks. <laughs> you can't and i i tell people that all the time and it's how are you gonna 10x zero what is that result yeah. <laughs> or I, I, I 3X my, my sales. I went from $100 to $300. <laughs> yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you touched on something when you were talking, and, and that's the topic of prospects. And when it comes to the world of marketing, uh, it's probably the biggest problem with every business that we know, unless they're fairly established. But small businesses, they're always hungry for leads and prospects. And they're usually looking for ways to do it. How do you, uh, it seems like you have a good flow of prospects and leads. How do you do it? Because we have a lot of coaches and small businesses that watch our show. What's your process for that? I set up many different systems. And I'm, I love systems. I'm a marketing operations guy. Those are my, like, my jam right there. And I just love it and setting up systems. So we're going to, I know we're going to talk probably about it, but one of them, it's like joint ventures. If you have joint ventures, they're actually can feed your pipeline, if you will, from another source. And I'm a big proponent of having joint ventures. And once I really started getting established in joint ventures, I started realizing like, wow, I'm getting great leads coming in. And what did I do? 
I created a relationship with this many individuals. Love it. How do you, what, what's the process for, is joint venture your number one thing or one of your better lead gen strategies? Yeah, I'd say joint ventures are, especially during the pandemic. Uh, pandemic too, I actually, well, your database is your gold. I hope, you know, I'm telling everyone if you're not filtering or funneling some way of collecting data on prospects, their name and email and staying in touch with them. I mean, that's one of your best lead gens there is. So they might not be a, what we call a, a, a now buyer, someone who's like looking, I'm gonna, I need to buy right now. They might be a future buyer where they need to just gather information through their journey, the buyer's journey. And by you having them on your email list, your newsletter, podcast, whatever it may be, you're taking them on that journey. So when they're ready to buy, you're the, you're the one who comes to mind. So I believe on bringing people into your tribe, if you will, and nurturing them. And you need to have many ways to do that. It, it, it's not like the old way. You go network and collect business cards and put them in your CRM and you know reach out to them whenever you need something. Right. The old, old, old way. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So talking about nurturing, how do you nurture your, um, your list? What are some ways that you nurture your list that is working for you? I'm a big proponent of funnels and automation too. If something can do it when I'm not doing it, I love it. So one way is to give away a book, a guide, a worksheet, a video that's going to give content, not sales, not don't be the sales salesy. But give away your content. And I know a lot of small business owners like, if I give it away, they're not going to buy. That's bull hockey. You're not giving them the secret sauce. You're giving them the burger, right? The burger and the bun. But you want the secret sauces, which the magic. Now they need you. Right. So give, them, give them the burger. Get them into a pipeline, a drip campaign. So you're reaching out to them on an automated sequence. And then funnel them into like a newsletter. I reach out. I have a newsletter that goes out every other week religiously. And it has an article that's going to help them in their business. And then it has also affiliates or joint venture partners I have in there as well. So if they like those offers, they can opt into those people's lists. And then anything that, you know, podcast here are the latest podcast episodes you might not be a subscriber on my podcast channel but i noticed they're not a subscriber on the channel but they'll listen to an episode because it's in the newsletter so just so you email your podcast your list so i put the podcast actually the episodes in my newsletter like in case you missed it which is true we we all get busy i mean sometimes i don't go back and listen to like whoever i have on a guest like if i have you on my show it's like i'll go listen to your podcast i really do and i'd listen to someone's podcast before i'm a guest on their show because it's like is this a right fit for me am i going to contribute value to their audience and that's what i'm always thinking i want to contribute some great value for sure um uh, so did you listen to our podcast Yes, <laughs> it was a while ago, I think, because I booked it uh, <laughs> quite some time ago. Was it good? Did you like it? Yeah. Or did you not like it? Be honest with me, honestly. Yeah. I, I do. 
if I didn't like it, we wouldn't be having a conversation. I'll be honest right, with you. Right, right. I've heard some bad podcasts. Uh, well, it's subjective. But I'll say I've heard some podcasts where I didn't think I would be a good guest for them. Fair enough. So here's what I'm doing. Here's our maybe exposed and coached moment. Um, uh, I, I am uh, actively working on improving the podcast. Since you are a coach and you're a podcaster and you have listened to our podcast, what feedback do you have for me for the entire process since you signed up until you're here today? What can we improve on? It's funny you mention that because when I started looking at podcasts, because this is going to fall into it, I was a guest for a year and a half to almost two years as a guest. What I did is I just asked for five extra minutes after the podcast with the host. Uh-huh. It's like, can you give me five minutes? I'm not selling you anything. I'm going to ask you a million questions right now. And they go, okay, sure. So I'd ask them, how'd you start it? What platform do you use? What, how'd you get your music? How do you rank yourself? How did you find keywords? I, everything. How do you find guests? What is the process? And I tell people what you're doing to bring guests into your podcast should be the same thing. Why business owners should be bringing in prospects into their business. There is no real difference, right? The difference is you get to interview them on a, a great platform. Having that process make it easy for them to sign up and get something out of it. So in this case, hey, I want to be your guest. And you made it easy. Here's a form. Fill it out. It's pretty darn easy. I learned that. Make it simple. Don't make it overly complex. I don't need to know your blood type. Next, have follow-up so once they register, get them booked because it's hot and it's in the heat of the moment. Same thing with your prospect. They just downloaded your guide, get them on, offer, get them on in your calendar or another way they can contact you. So you did that and then follow up. And I, I know my, my newsletter or my podcast, sometimes the guests book so tight, they get their follow up after they're already a guest. They've already done the show, but you had follow up. And you always want to do reminders. And you you did all that. And I learned the reminders are the key. So that's why I have it in my Calendly system. So it does three days in advance, two days in advance, a day in advance, the day of, an hour before. Why? We're business owners. Stuff happens. Like I mentioned to you, right before this call, I had a few minutes between my last call. I just went and got water and came back, took a deep breath, and let's do this. Yeah. So do you have any feedback for me, any constructive? I appreciate what you shared. Do you have any constructive criticism? The more you feel like it's going to hurt me, the more I love it. <laughs> the more you expose me and like, Mustafa, here's what you did wrong. Here's what you could improve on. Do you have any of that for me? You did did everything I would recommend too is swipe copy. So let's make it easy for people when we're talking about swipe copy, something that someone could copy and paste and make a, a, a couple word changes to make it more, more them and paste. Don't make it so difficult. You did all that and you provided graphics. So that also takes the headache out. I know I do that on my show. Here's the graphics and I get feedback all the time. Like, you made it so easy just to copy and paste. Good. <laughs> you know, 
so you're doing everything. I think the elements that I look for and I okay. appreciate and I've learned and I've had but to learn those the hard way. Fair enough. If you, if you remember anything, I would, uh, I appreciate um, uh, the feedback. So have uh, you work with, um, do you primarily work with small business owners or midsize bigger or what's, what's your target audience? Primarily small. I have automated okay. programs for startups, nice and easy for them. But I'd say most of the clients I have in group or mastermind and one-on-one -on -one are anywhere from a half million all the way to 20 million. Half a million to 20 million. All right. So, and then what do you like about working with small business owners? I found my passion was the owner operator because I've been a C-suite okay. and one of my businesses, I only focused on C-suite individuals. One time I was like, something's just not right here after working with a C CEO and a CFO in the same company because I had two different meetings with them. I realized they're hired hands. At the end of the day, they're worried about their contracts. So are they really passionate about moving the business? They are, but because they want the bonus. Other than that, they had no passion in it. So I love the owner operator who has skin in the game I know what they what they're going through. I've lived it well too many times. I know what it feels like to wake up in a cold sweat at two in the morning, worrying about payroll tomorrow. I know that feeling, and I can relate to that. I also know the feeling of being a CEO, going, "Yeah, oh, payroll's due on Friday. I'll just have my CEO deal, CFO deal with it. Done. I can go back to sleep." Whereas you're the owner operator, you're not going back to sleep. Hmm. What do you see as one of the top struggles for small business owners? I'd say the number one is, well, of course, they always want more revenue, but they should be saying, I want more profit. Because revenue is for show, profit is what you take home to mama. That's how I look at it. So you're looking at the wrong things. They don't know their numbers. And accounting is the, the language of business. So you need to really know your numbers. And I'd say the number one thing is they just don't ask for help. Don't because ask for help. Plenty of people that can help them. So they're trying to, let's say they hate doing accounting. So they're doing it all themselves, getting frustrated, taking too long, and they're messing it up. And the IRS is knocking on the door because they messed it up. Whereas if you would have asked for help and hired someone, they could have done it in an eighth of the time, way less money if you do the math. And IRS is loving you. So yeah, ask for help. Yeah, and we feel like we're going to save money with doing our own stupid accounting. I mean, I, so accounting good. is not stupid. It's really good, but it's yeah. not my thing. And I'm not good at it. I would gladly pay someone with like grab like a bag of receipts and be like, bill me because yeah. I'm not going to deal with it. Some people love it. And that's great. Yeah. I would not be saving money. I would just, I would pull my hair out. Yeah. Let whoever's good at it do it. Yeah. Hmm. So well, when you do the math, that how much your hourly rate is and how much time you spent on that to get the learning curve, you could have paid someone $25 and they could have done it in an hour. Meanwhile, it's taking you 30 hours. That's right. That's right. So you talked about profits and I know back in the day, I learned uh, from Dan Kennedy, and he said, a business owner's sole and most important job is to make profits. 
And most people don't even think about that. They just think about getting busy and they act like they're very productive by being busy. What's the approach on making profits? Because I, I know this is a big deal. Like people, most companies are not profitable. Right. You know, great examples like Uber. They're not profitable. They're not, eh? No. Why? Is I mean, that? they're a disruptor of the industry. They're a unicorn with a one billion value over a one billion valuation. But are they making a penny? No. I don't know. They're not. And they're in the hole because they have investors and everything else. So when a small business owner needs to focus on profit because that's going to have your cash flow to keep you alive, keep the business afloat. It's going to so you can pay yourself and bring home something so you can stay living where you're living. And I totally agree with Dan Kennedy. I That's what drives me nuts about many small business owners. They're so focused on the top number. They should be really focusing on the bottom number, controlling yeah. the costs, watching, going lean, especially when you start. Go lean. You don't need business yeah. cards when you start a business. You do not need it, really. Yeah. Um, what are the, uh, so you, you said uh, some business owners don't know their numbers. What are maybe top two or three numbers people or business owners should know, like all the time? <laughs> Well, they shouldn't know their revenue and their pro and their profits mm -hmm. and the difference. It's like, what are their cost of goods or what's their net profit margin? So how, how much of what they take in is expense? So if you take in a hundred dollars and you know, you have $50 of expenses. Okay. That's what you should be knowing. Do you need to be an accountant or a CPA to really understand everything? No. Should you sit with your CPA and have them explain what a profit loss statement is? Yes. And I even wrote a book to focus on three numbers on your profit loss statement to know those. Now you can move the lever and the dials. So your cost of goods, you really need to be in control of your costs all the time. Yeah. There was a guy I know here in Canada. A Persian guy that owned, uh, used to own a future shop, an old, old company, that Best Buy bought, and they kind of shut it down. And then I, I knew a guy who knows the guy is know was named Mister K, and he said this guy, Mister K, would would take care of all of his payables himself and keep an eye on it. So you got to know how much money is going out. Yeah. And then this guy's worth probably I don't know, hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions. And so that's what this guy, this guy did. He would sit around and look for the payables. What are we paying out and keeping an eye on it? Which was interesting. Absolutely. I mean, I, one of my clients was a CPA and we started looking at their books. Okay. CPAs are great with numbers, right? They're not the best business people necessarily. We started looking at the books and I saw you have receivables amount owed you of 600,000. Where is it? You're an accountant. If you saw this on someone else's books, what would be the first thing you would say? I'd freak out and go, why didn't you collect that? And I go, well, then that's my answer to you. You're losing money. You just lost 600,000 that people owe you and you haven't collected. So the first thing we focused on was getting the 600,000. That turned his business around from losing money to all of a sudden making money because he didn't control his receivables how much he was owed in. And now his receivables are zero. All nice. The, 
So he just cashed in on the six hundred grand that people owe him, and yeah. that's like the fastest. That's actually been been one of my fastest way to get cash. Literally, like opening the receivables and calling people up or emailing them, saying, "Hey, uh, looks like we haven't received. I, I could be wrong, but looks like we haven't received the payment on on this." And they're like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Here's my credit card, or here's an email transfer, or whatever." And then I immediately get cash. I love doing that. <laughs> and you know, a lot of business owners are like, oh my God, well, it's been like seven months. They're never going to remember it. You know what? Business owners forget. And what you said happens, I'd say eight out of 10 times. Let's take yep. care of it right now because they feel bad. Oops. It fell through their cracks. Yep. And then the other, you'll have the one who, well, I don't know you anything and they want to play the game. Fine. They're a bad client. Get rid of them. Write it off as bad debt. And then the other one, you know what? They just want to see the receipt again. So you have to do a little digging. Big yeah. deal. Yeah. Love it. Good. So um, you have written so many books. And um, one of them is 45-Minute Breakthrough. Can you share some of the uh, breakthroughs with us? Yes. That book showcases eight simple strategies that any business owner can put in their business that day without spending more on marketing or advertising. And we have hundreds, but I want to focus on eight. And I mentioned one of them already, which is one of my favorite and it's joint ventures. So the, I love the joint venture partnership. I just spoke to a business owner today about this, about doing cross selling, upselling and downselling. And uh -huh. when I said that to them, they gave me that, like, what are you talking about? And the easiest way I convey this when I'm talking to someone, it's the simplest marketing strategy is everyone, just about everyone's been to McDonald's. <clears throat> so when you buy a meal to upsell, would you like to supersize that? Same thing in your business, whatever it is, would you like to take the next level? So you might have another level of products and services. And then you could cross sell. So would you like an apple pie with your happy meal? So an ancillary product that now separates you from all your competitors because they cannot compare apples to apples anymore because now you're giving them more value. And then downsell, well, I can't get you in the Lexus. So how about if I get you in the Toyota? Oh, I can't get you in the Toyota. How about if I get you in the Ford? I mean, what is your downsell strategy? You're in a cobalt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next up. I just, it's funny. I saw, uh, I, well, uh, one of the cars, I can never remember the name of it. It was a, a Colt. It was like every time someone hit the back of it, it exploded. It's from decades ago. And I saw one on the road and I'm thinking, I can't believe it's, you're allowed to drive that thing. Interesting. Yeah. Those are some great strategies. So it's upsell, downsell, cross sell. And those are three strategies. Yeah, and they're simple. It's like, what do you have in your business? We've done this with women's boutiques. I did it with an online business as well. So we had the good, better, best kind of packages. I've done it with CPAs. So they said, well, I think you're in this package, but we have this one. Now I'm upselling. Well, I can't afford that. So you're back down, downselling. Well, I can't do that one. We have one more package below that that you can downsell them into or bundling if you sell products, a bundle discount, multi-purchase discounts, 
first time buyer offers. I'm not a big fan of discounts. I don't know I'm using that term, but a first time buyer, I'll give you a special rate. Get them in. Yeah. Is there any, um, do you have any um, uh, um, tips for people on when and where they stop adding products to their list? Because I've seen people where they have too many upsells, too many downsells, and they, the, the, the operation is now derailed. They cannot deliver well on every single one of them, and now they're screwed. Is there like a line or limit on how much upsell and downselling or cross-selling we could do? Absolutely. I worked with a company who created ceramic tiles, and they had hundreds of styles. So I went to their warehouse, and it was just mind-boggling to me. And I'm like, so all these sell, right? And they go, well, no. So now we start looking at it because I also have my green belt in Six Sigma. So it's like, let's look at it from a Six Sigma point of view. What are your winners and what are your dogs? So once we start looking at that, they had so much money wrapped up in inventory in the dogs, it was hurting the business. Yeah. So we came up with a way to cross sell. If you buy like this, product a we're going to throw in for an extra x dollars product z blew out all that bad inventory never to bring it back again now his line was down here guess what we had to reanalyze it winners and dogs so we got more, that more dogs did the same thing he got his line down to like 40 some styles that were highly profitable. And now he got rid of the rest. The turnover, he never had inventory anymore. Good. So we got Good. rid of a whole warehouse because no need for storing excess. Yeah. Right out the door. Yeah. Um, is that the equivalent like a, doing like an 80 20 analysis? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Absolutely, Pareto principle works on just about everything, everything. in the world. Everything. It's, yeah. a, it's crazy. <laughs> it mm. works. It works everywhere. Like you said, uh, people that don't pay their accounts—probably ten or five, or I don't know, one or two percent of your customers don't pay. Those are the, the to get rid of list. That's it. Yeah. One of my clients, we actually, the time they spent with clients, every single client, because they had it by time jobs, we found his worst clients sucked up 80% of their time. Their best clients used 20. Wait, the worst clients actually paid the least as well. 80, 20 back on that too. And we got rid of the worst clients. Guess what? Now you turned it around so 80% of the time was on the best clients and they were the higher yeah. paid now or higher paid. Oh yeah. And it turned his whole bit, the morale in the office changed. Like, 100%. Absolutely. Love it. And then you probably want to spend more time finding more customers like the top 20% type of customers versus just tiny little, you know. Oh, I've done customers. it in my businesses. You know, I've done it with looking at my inventories, like, what are my dogs? And I'm going, why am I carrying that inventory? I know yeah. better. And then let's blow it up. But I know how. And I won an award for lowering my cost of goods. 100%. Through that method. 
Absolutely. So uh, I noticed on your site, you talked about, uh, you have to talk about a software that you have that, um, that helps people um, find a hundred grand. And that's a big promise. How does that work? Oh, it's pretty darn easy. I <laughs> think it's some proprietary software we have, and I actually run a business through it. They're with me on like Zoom. So they're seeing it live. And I look at 12 different areas of business itself. And all I do is ask questions. I put in their answers and it runs it through 497 million algorithms. And then we're finding hidden revenue right then and there in 45 minutes. Things that we think that we know in our business is shocking because I've ran, I have a deeper one called a deep dive that once someone's a client and I've ran businesses through that and they've learned more about their business going through that than them being in their own business. Cause it's things they don't look at or think of it, it's making them think differently. But once we find that hidden revenue, we actually can have now an implementation schedule to turn it into reality. And we have a process like, okay, now let's work together and let's do it in reality. And we always look for some quick wins and hits right away, which are right in front of them now because they now see it. Yeah. Quick win, collect 650 grand. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I, I was that for starters. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of my challenges I put out to some prospects, it's like, listen, if you have an issue saying you can't afford me or anything like that, which is not true, because there's always a will, there's a way. But when we sit down together for 90 minutes, I'll have you bring certain documents to the meeting. I will find you your investment in me plus an ROI within the 90 minutes. Absolutely. So we're halfway through the show again. If you're watching or listening, please make sure to like and subscribe to the channel on whichever channel you're watching. If you have any questions for Steve and I, just post them in a comment and we'll try to address it now or later if we see it after we're done with the show. And feel free to send the link of this conversation to a friend or, or, and or tag them on social media so they could see it and benefit from all the value bombs that Steve is dropping and include them in the conversation. So um, we talked about profits and how not a lot of people uh, think about it. They don't even think about it. Never mind like uh, doing it. What are some um, quick, easy ways to increase profits? I'll tell you, they can do it within 10 minutes. 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minute profit strategy, guys. Listen right here. And it's not, it, this is what it's going to cost you. <laughs> Zero. Zero. So the first thing is look at your costs, look at all your expenses and people go, well, I look at my expenses every month. No. Are you really looking at your expenses? Pull out your personal credit card bills, pull out your business credit card, your bank statements, Look at what you've been paying that you're not using. Uh, great example. How about how's that fitness annual fitness program that you're paying or not for you. for, that you're not even going to? It's little things like that are sucking the life out of your business and you're not yeah. realizing it because they're in small little increments. And I associate this with personal your personal budgeting is that people are buying like $7 subscriptions to all these online services, you don't realize 
by the time you really look at it, you're spending hundreds of dollars a month on these little teeny subscription services. Yeah. So look at your costs. Could you reduce your costs by this much percent? 5%. That's it. Five. And when I talk to business owners, they always kind of laugh. They're like, of course, I can cut my cost by 5%. I could do that right now just by looking at my statements. It's that easy. It's not yeah. some long drawn out process that you have to need a committee over. You can do this on your own right now. Not only that, the next thing is, could you increase your prices by 5.5%? Increase prices by 5.5%. We just have an, a calendar year flip over. Hopefully all business owners did do a price increase because they looked at their cost. Look at your vendors. They've been increasing their costs on you all year. And you, have you adjusted your pricing to match it, to accommodate for it? Odds are most small business owners are so scared of raising prices. Well, I'm going to lose clients. But if you rose at 5.5%, how many clients will you really, really lose? Mm -hmm. And I've done the math in boardrooms, in business owners, <laughs> conference rooms, CEOs rooms, showing them the math that you, how many clients you're going to lose is so, so small. It's those are the clients who are going to leave you if you raise your price by a penny. So you got to get over that. They're not seeing the value of your service and hopefully you're showing value of your products and services. So when you do raise a measly 5.5, which no one will really even notice, it's easy. One of my clients raised their prices 40%. He lost 20% of sales in the first month. The next month he doubled his sales because now he was seen as a higher value in the industry. So he weeded out all the price sensitive individuals and gained another, I think it was 10,000. He sold another 10,000 units the second month with higher prices. So do you think he was profitable or did he lose money? I mean, he didn't lose money losing the 200 client. <laughs> it was like. I, I, I know, Steve. I know uh, uh, a lot of businesses are so much undervalued yeah. and their prices are so low that they could probably double, triple or five X their prices and still, you know, uh, yeah. be okay and make a ton more profit. But like you said, most people are scared. I, honestly, I have looked at my prices and I realized that I put, I put such a significant discount on my higher levels and I'm not making profits. And I went in there and I just got rid of it. Because I, 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 I did exactly what you said. I looked at my expenses and what I have to pay out to my team members. I'm like, there's nothing left. Well, there's not, just not enough for me. It's just not worth it. I'm like busting my rear end every day, all day from 4 a.m. to like, uh, you know, uh, midnight. And it's just not worth it going through all this trouble. So I just increased the prices. That's it. I, I even did this with a CPA on one of his packages. So every time he sold one of these packages, he actually lost $5,000 real money. And it was, so we increased his prices, but I'd say to any business owner, you could do this today, increase your prices by 5.5%. No one's good. You might lose one 
person or someone might bat an eye or make a comment. Guess what? Prices have gone up. Look at eggs, milk, gas. There's a million billion examples. Yeah. I mean, everyone else is raising their prices. Why, Why not? Here are you. <laughs> almost everything is almost between double down to like 30% higher compared to two or three years ago. Absolutely. And some people are still trying to stay competitive. <laughs> You're not competitive anymore. You're called the cheapest. And that's yeah. the worst thing you could be known for is the cheapest. That's right. <laughs> so um, we talked. So, um, uh, Tim, uh, look at your cost, increase your prices. Is there anything else we could do too? You know, if you did those two things, no matter what your revenue was, your profit number was, if you did the math, and I have a simulator that even does this, it will double your revenue or sorry, double your profits just yeah. by those two things reduce expenses by 5%, which you could do right now, and increase your prices by 5.5%. That's it. Love it. Two things. Reduce costs, increase price. Yeah. And it's going to cost you zero to implement. This. Yeah. You're just going to edit the numbers. That's it. Yeah. Do That's your own numbers. Put in your net profit margin, your, your costs, gross profit margin, which is you could Google what the gross profit margin is, the average of your industry, believe it or not. It's on the internet. And use these kind of stats for your business, man. I, I, and I think that these are this is so so simple and such a simple thing that people sometimes overlook the simple things that they could do. And they're like, I am looking for some sophisticated software to analyze what I'm doing and give me a 372 step process that I will not do anyway, but I'm still looking for it. But I'm also not going to give the 10 minute look at my bank statements to find some stuff I could get rid of. And I'm afraid to like, Steve, increase my prices. So I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to continue to be a loser in my business. But can you give me a way to get out of this? Exactly. <laughs> Was that pretty close? <laughs> you, you it. It's so, so true. I had one business owner. Fought me tooth and nail about raising price. I'm going to lose all these clients. And I said, we came up with a list of all their current clients. I said, who do you want to lose? Really? If you had the choice to like, money's not an issue to get rid of because they're mean, nasty, whatever, pain in the butt. Who? And she created the list. I go, there's your 20% bottom feeders who are sucking up 80% of your time. Guess what? We raised prices by by the bottom yeah. feeders immediately. Immediately. Isn't that such a relief? Oh my God. She Isn't was amazing? so happy after that. And now she's making more money. So go um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, so we talked about helping people overcome one or two struggles within their business. Is there, um, I mean, we talked about a few struggles like the price, the profits, and this and that. Is there anything else that you can you can give and share some tips to our audience about yeah. typical struggles they could get rid of? Yeah, one of the things, since I work with a lot of you know smaller size businesses, to scale and grow, you cannot be the that individual. You're gonna have to bring on people. You know that you have people. I've had multiple businesses with people. I learned right away 
always hire some, my coach taught me this, always hire people smarter than you. And when I first heard that, I'm like, but, but, but I had a million buts. And they were like, are you an idiot? They are trained in that area, which you are not. You're hiring them to do that one job that you cannot do. Why would you want to get involved? Yeah. And once that really sunk in, I was like, I had one of my businesses, I hired unbelievable people. And all I did was give them the direction and give them the tools and the support they needed. They grew my business. That was the key. And that's when I started realizing I am not in my business anymore. I am leading my business, not managing it. They were, it was controlling me. They would yell at me if I'm coming in on a Saturday to do the books. What do you mean? So-and-so is doing the books for $10 an hour. Get out of here. And that's when I was like, oh my God, I have unbelievable employees. <laughs> you could take a vacation and never hear from them. That's what you want in your business. That's a that business. is what you want. Um, let me ask you a question about hiring because uh, uh, past two or three weeks, I had an issue with hiring. Hired a couple of people. One of them quit like in two or three days. Another one quit the week after. And I'm, I was out there interviewing people like 15, 20 hours a week. And then I, I put together a system to do group interviews, which to me felt like I discovered fire. <clears throat> and it was like probably one of the best thing I've, I've done in the past 10 years. What suggestion do you have for finding the right people and then getting them to stay and have them, uh, you know, be interested. Yeah. I, working with CPAs have, a, oh, they always have a problem hiring people. Uh-huh. Well, many businesses do. And the first thing I always say, let me see your ad. That's the first thing. And they always wonder why. Well, if your ad is general and non-specific, you're going to get a billion resumes. Now you got to weed through it and you know what? You're going to get frustrated and tired and you're going to just start picking whoever has a heartbeat. And that's what happens with most businesses. It happens at companies too. Don't get me wrong. But the more specific you are with your ad, that's the start. And then what is your hiring process? Is it a phone call after you weed it down to like 10, 30, whatever the number is of resumes? What are the questions you're going to ask? It's a quick 10, 15 minute call just to see if they can get over the hurdle, if you will. Nothing, we're not getting in deep stuff. We're not getting into behavioral based questions yet, but you wanna know some of the basics about them. Are they really what they say on paper? That's really what you're weeding out. Then you whittle that list down to say from 30 down to 10. Now you have your behavioral based interview questions. So those are preset depending on the job and the duty and the tasks that you want them to do. There are tons of resources online for that. Many, many HR sites that have books and volumes on behavioral based questions, but you just want to pick about 10 of those specific for that bit, that job, that task, that duties and listen to their responses. Cause it puts them in a situation. What was the situation? What were your actions and what is the result? That's what you're listening for. Now you're down to probably about two or three candidates. And I've done this at many businesses. I said, you're looking for this many people. Bring on those three top candidates. And they're like, but, but, but it's going to cost me. 
I go, it's going to be the one of the best investments you're ever going to make. So for 30 days, you get them in the first week, you work with them. You're going to have to have you or someone have a training plan, work with them, getting them going and watching what they do for the next three weeks. Now you're down to probably one or two candidates. Give them another 30 days to fight it out, if you will. Now's when you're going to see with the cream rise to the top. Now, when you hire that one, they respect it, but then you onboard them like there's no, like they are the, they just won the Oscars. You have an onboarding program that's unbelievable. And instead of doing the typical, hey, the 30, 60, 90 day reviews, which I, I think that's old school nowadays. Why not have a weekly just check-in meeting where you start off the owner, whoever it is, checks in hey how's it going what are you working on tell me what are you seeing get their feedback and say okay here's where our, our next steps are have them almost start creating the agenda i've done this in many of my businesses and i'd start off how you doing great i'm working on this i've accomplished this i'm going to be working on this next and it's going to do this for the business i sat back going i'm not even taking notes they're taking notes and giving me a coffee i'm like Oh, this got a lot better. And I didn't lose any employees because they were engaged and they owned the position. And I gave them the leeway to own the position. But it was hard. I'll be honest with you. It was hard to make that transition. It was not. So what was the transition for you? Going from what to what? Stop being the dang manager and involved. Like you need to do this and you're not hitting these goals. I had a sales guy. I'd say, great. What are your goals for the next month? He would tell me, and then he writes it down and hands it to me. I didn't set up the goals. He knows the goals for the business and how he has to get those goals, but he broke them down in month by month. So he's telling me his goals every month and his status. And I've had people going, I didn't hit my goal this month. And I go, Corey, what happened? Tell me. Well, uh, this and this and this. Great. How, how are you going to resolve it? I'm not solving their problem anymore. They're solving their own problem. And it's leadership development is what you're doing. Love it. Love it. Gang, um, if you're watching or listening right now, Steve just gave us the rundown on the hiring process that I'm going to go back actually listen to it myself again because I have a constant need for employees. And uh, as a call center, we are always looking. And as a it's actually an industry that, it's pretty high at turnover on on, on, on team. So uh, I'm going to double go back and watch and listen to that again. It's funny you mention that because I had an agency, insurance agency owner. He always was growing. He was growing his business like there was no tomorrow. So he's always hiring. He had an ad out all the time. And he always brought on two people and hired one. He goes, every now and then I'll find two rock stars. So they passed the 30-day test. They both passed the 60-day test. He says, I don't care. It might hurt me financially for a few months. I hire them both. And his business, I mean, he has minimal turnover. His turnover is they retire, get married, move out of the state, or die. That's his turnover. Hmm. Love it. Um, uh, Steve, can you give us one simple marketing strategy that people could use and see results like right away. 
Yeah, I mentioned, well, we mentioned a couple. <laughs> I would say one of the biggest thing is, what do you have on the lead gen? What can you give away content-wise? We touched on drip campaigns, but what is it that you can give away, capture their information and get them engaged? That's one of the biggest things. And I've seen it done, I've done this at networking meetings even. The book, so my book that you mentioned, 45 Minute Business Breakthroughs. I'll give away that dang book, hard copy at an, an actual networking meeting in exchange for an appointment. Guess what? I bring five books, five appointments. It's nice. You like physical you, books? Physical books. Yeah. I'm doing an in-person app. So how do you do that? Do you just say, Hey, if you book an appointment and you get a book? Well, I show the book. I say, what's in the book? And people, I go, I'll give you a complimentary copy. Come talk to me afterwards. So as they're coming up and I go, what is your business? How long have you been in business? I'm qualifying them. Great. I'm going to give you a book. Let's get you on the counter right now. And they say yes. And they say yes, because you just gave them a gift. And then these are not people that would like bail out on you or um, uh, like they would show up. They don't just do it. Like what I'm trying to say is they, are they not just getting to say yes to the appointment to get the book and then not show up after? I was getting about 15% no show rate. Oh, that's not bad. No, but I also I'll say, hey, all day long. yeah, it's like, you know, the book's a quick, easy read. You can knock out the whole book in 20 minutes and it's giving you eight strategies that you can implement on your own. I go, just think if we have like a 15 minute call and it's a non-sales call and I do that non-sales call and it's like, all I'm doing is asking questions about their business. At the end of it, they're starting to go, wait a minute, I'm, something's wrong in my business. Now you're shedding like some light on. Yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, Steve, tell us about your, um, your gift. Oh yeah. The marketing secrets, proven marketing secrets ebook. Absolutely. It's very similar to the 45 minute business breakthrough. So we actually show, I think 10 strategies in that one, <laughs> different ones in what it is. It's, these are strategies that any business owner can implement right away. And that's why I made that book was because they're proven. And we talked about some of them today. Lead gen, cross-selling, I mean, joint ventures, affiliate programs, giving away something, getting them on, on your lists, increasing your prices. Dang it. <laughs> you know, if you want a quick hit in your business, increase your prices and lower your costs. It's that simple. Yeah. Actually, as a matter of fact, I think some people, I've seen cases when, when you raise the price, people will buy more because it means more, a more significant, a better thing. It means probably more quality and it, there's a lot of things associated with that. Yeah. So like you said, being, being the cheapest is not necessarily helping you out. No, the company I mentioned who raised their prices by 40%, he was known in the industry as the cheapest, not inexpensive, which is better than cheapest. He was known as the cheapest, same quality, same ingredients as the top manufacturer in the industry. What? He rose his prices 40%. Three months later, he rose, increased it another 25%. That's not 65% people when you do the math. It's more like 90% increase of prices. He's now seen as the upper middle of the industry. He tripled his sales once he rose the price the second time. Triple. Oh, yeah. Because now he's seen as higher value. 
He didn't change his label, didn't change an ingredient, nothing. Well, you know, I think most people would be scared shitless to do that. Oh, right? he was. Oh, he was. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like, oh, freeze yeah. by another 50% Mustafa. Are you crazy? Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's the kind of responses. Yeah, get out the door. <laughs> what am I paying you for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good I one. Why I'm paying you. <laughs> So, gang, the link to the Proven Marketing Secrets ebook is in the descriptions of the show. It is in the comments of social media. Go ahead and grab it. Read uh, 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 about the Proven Marketing Secrets. Reach out to Steve. Have a conversation. This guy can help you. He's been around the block for quite some time. He knows his stuff, has written eight books on what he does, and um, generally uh, an amazing guy. Steve, can I ask you a couple of personal questions before we go? Sure. All right. What's a new thing you have tried recently? Oh, it. it oh, what was it called? Oh, I've never had farro, the grain. Farro. Farro. Is that I'm saying it right? It's I have a no grain. It's, uh -huh. I've never eaten it before, and I've heard about it. It's a Middle Eastern grain, and I, I've never had it, so I tried it, and I was like. Why haven't I ever tried stuff like this? And I've also tried, this is going to, I made black, black, bean, uh, what was it? Black eyed pea soup, which I've never done before. Cause just, it's a Southern thing. And I made it and I was like, this is I good. So I'm How do you spell feral? How do you spell it? It's like F-A-R-R-O. I know someone will listen to this and go, Hey, no, it's this. Yeah, I'm trying all these. Try to look it up on Google and see if it's something I've had before. You know, I've traveled around the world many times, and I've eaten just about I'll eat almost every single thing. And it's like there's Fair. certain foods I'm starting to find out I've never even tried that they're in your grocery store. I'm like, what's this? I don't know. Let's try. It. Interesting. So I'm expanding my palate in a weird way, and I love it. Love it. All right, give me two of your favorite books. Oh, easy. Uh, Think and Grow Rich. The one book that actually changed one of my businesses, a board member told me to read this was uh, Change or Die. Change or Die. Change or Die. And I read it on the way to a conference. I came back. I had an emergency meeting with the board. And I said, I need to make some changes in the business. And the board I'm going to die. <laughs> they all said, you read the book. And I go, yeah, I did. And I had a 10-page business plan to change the whole business. They let me fire 20% of the staff. I said, I'll try to keep them on the on the bus is another great book on the bus. I'll try to keep them on, on the bus. It won't change. I'm going to let them go and we're going to have a new focus. They said, do whatever you want. And I went in and changed the business. Our business went. And change I'll or die. Um, yeah. Let me look it up. Change, change or die. And it was written about people with heart conditions. Alan Dushman? Yes, that's it. Change or die. I'm going to add it to the list. All right. So uh, next question. What's one advice that made a massive impact on business or life? Oh, this one I was the most stubborn person on and I rejected this. I should say. Forever? Comment, everything is get a coach. And I said, I don't need a coach. I know what I'm doing. 
I am a coach. <laughs> I finally got a coach in my life. My business changed within 45 days. Within 45 and minutes? 45 days. Coaching and then I started realizing I got to let my ego go. And I should have done this a lot sooner because I would have loved life and my business a lot more. So, ah, How did it change? What was that change like? Oh my God. Well, you know, be, no money in the bank, working 20 hour days in my own business. I felt like I was tied to my, I had my own J-O-B is what it felt like. Home life wasn't better because I'm so stressed out about business. I'm trying everything for marketing, literally everything, and nothing was working. By luck chance, something should be hitting. And then it was like I rejected the whole idea of getting help and getting a coach. When I got a coach, they said, let's cut out 95% of all this junk. Let's focus on what you really need to focus on. All of a sudden, the business took off. All the marketing that I focused on took off. My home life got better. It was just like, oh, my God, what just happened? I went from not sleeping, stress, not eating to enjoying life. Love it. Hey, Aaron, good to see you. Um, um, gang, if you're watching and listening, please make sure we're towards the end of the show. Please make sure you're subscribed to the channel on whichever channel you're watching or follow or, or subscribe. Uh, if you have any questions uh, or just want to say hi, just leave a comment. And uh, here's my last question for you, Steve. And that is, um, if you had a message that you could display to people around the world, whoever has access to internet through a Google or a Facebook ad, what would your message be for the people of Earth? Wow. I'd say be tolerant with one, each, one another. Because I think that's the whole thing. People are not tolerant, and that's what's causing a lot of friction. They don't see the other side. They're only seeing their side. Love it, love it, love it. Steve, is there anything you want to talk about or mention uh, that we maybe didn't get a chance to talk about before we wrap up? Oh, my God, we talked about so much. But my big thing for all business owners is, like, listen, get the help you need in your business. I, I know I'm a victim of it. I'm a product of it as well. And it's changed my life. It changed my business. I mean, I have two coaches nowadays. I'm in two mastermind group. I, I live what I talk. And if you're going to get a coach or anyone, here's what I say. Are they living what they say? Do they yeah. have a coach? Are they in a mastermind? Are they growing themselves? Are they helping you grow you and push you like Phil Jackson did to Michael Jordan? Be like that. That's a good coach. Absolutely. It's like we need to get the hell out of our own way That's so it. we can grow. Oh Steve, God. this has been an absolutely amazing conversation. Thank you for sharing all the value, all the nuggets. Gang, uh, the link to Steve's book is in the comments and the descriptions of the show. Uh, go ahead, click on the link, claim his free book. Do reach out to this wise, intelligent, and, and experienced man and coach. Tap into his wisdom and uh, grow your business. Um, thank you for joining us. Have yourself a great week, great day, great month. And again, if you have any questions, um, put them in the comments and send it out to us and we'll do our best to, uh, cover it. Send the link to the show to a friend that could benefit from all 
Steve shared a ton of good stuff. Like this is literally practical shit that you have to pay for, right? Uh, uh, do that or tag them in a comment, like, and subscribe again. And we'll see you on our next episode. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye now.